0: Hi everyone, Sandman here. I have a viewer question from Mason, and he wants me to read his comment and answer his questions, so here goes. Hi Sandman, I've been watching your videos for several months now, and I think you make some really good points. It has definitely made me realize that monogamy, currently at least, serves women more than it does men. I am 24 years old and have been in several long-term relationships with several women. Looking back, I noticed there is an imbalance with the effort put into those relationships. It was as though I was expected to be a chef, a taxi driver, a therapist, and secretary. It was always left to me to arrange when to meet, and the only times the girls would arrange anything was for a family event or something that was highly structured, and they were treating me like a child. Yet these girls couldn't even cook an egg or drive a vehicle, and many of them chose not to work. I never minded doing such nice things for them, and I actually enjoyed it, until I began feeling unappreciated, which is where being a nice guy in a monogamous relationship inevitably leads. The more I did, the more was expected, the misandry treadmill like you said before. In one of the cases, the girl was acting as though sex was a favor that she was doing for me. As a result of this, I ended up cheating, which I somewhat regret. Another girl I dated considered herself to be very intelligent. Except from my perspective, she was incapable of creative or divergent thinking. She couldn't see the pitfalls of modern society. And pointing them out would basically end with hostile arguments because she had a blind respect for authority and took too much pride in being right, like you point out in one of your videos called Female Narcissism on the Rise. She chose to end the relationship shortly after I sold my car. And she decided to scab drinks off of other men at bars while we were dating. I considered myself good-looking, yet I was barely ever told so by women, because I believe once women have a man, they want to reduce his self-esteem instead of increasing it. An interesting similarity between the girls I've dated was that they all had younger sisters, no brothers, and their parents were together, leaving the fathers outnumbered, who were in many cases very nice, calm men. It became clear that although I believed these girls were good people, Society has completely programmed almost all women and men for mutual codependent relationships that tip the scale in favor of the female economic and emotional interests, something that's completely ignored by feminists who only seem to know how to play the victim card and vilify men through a narrow framework, usually violence, rape, and sexual abuse. What I would like you to discuss are the following topics that I have become interested in recently due to your videos and my personal reflection. While feminists preach for economic equality, they have not taken into consideration hypergamy. And hypergamy still exists because women still want the best of both worlds. Females want a man with provider status, an equal opportunity in the workplace, where more often than not they choose professions that offer little to no social utility outside the distorted dynamics of vanity, consumption, and hypergamy, i.e. the beauty therapists, fashion, and hairdressing. The fact that true economic equality cannot exist at all in a competitive monetary market system doesn't seem to be brought up, nor the fact that the current consumer economy cannot be sustained. Feminist ideology and hypergamy are arguably more compatible with the consumer economy, and thus feminism may be being used as a Trojan horse for geopolitical and economic interests, which may ultimately accelerate industrial collapse while taking away the rights of men, who will fall further into economic slavery, and be labelled misogynistic if they speak out. What do you think? Also, how do you deal with men that claim to be feminists? And say that the word feminism is synonymous with gender equality, when anyone with half a brain can see the inherent female bias in the word itself. These men seem to be very self-righteous, and it's hard to tell if they're being genuine, or just buying their own bullshit to appeal to women. Also, if you have time, women in general seem to vamp energy in being unnecessarily rude when rejecting men. Women generally don't approach or hit on men, because it may destroy their own ego and ability to capitalize off men. Yet it appears to be a safer option if accepted as a social norm, and women are always complaining about gross creepy guys, hitting on them when they are out. I think the social norm of men approaching women and women objectifying themselves as shelf items for this purpose should be balanced if equality is what women actually want. But it seems they prefer the luxury of sitting back and waiting to take their pick instead of risking projection itself. Well, thanks for your questions and comments, Mason. I'll try to get through as many of them as possible. But like you said, there's quite a bit here. And you do hit many key points with regards to feminism. Feminists asking for true equality in the workforce are communists. Men in Western countries were too busy fighting communism overseas against other men that they didn't notice as communism poisoned the minds and hearts of women and children. The real threat in my opinion was not the Soviet Union but instead the Trojan horse of feminist communism that was spreading into the hearts and minds of Western women. My family comes from a formerly communist country and my father left the East for Canada because he saw how bad the insane ideas were that communism was promoting. The ideas that were all equal was basically destroying Eastern Europe at that time. The society we live in today is all about socialism for women and capitalism for men. Men are more likely to feel the negative effects of the economy through job losses, the court system, and governments working against them. It's kind of like the same thing that's happening with the banking system. It's socialism for the wealthy bankers, but capitalism for companies that are not essential to the financial system. This is a social welfare state for women and the wealthy. As a result, males in the middle class are being left behind, and you can see this by looking at the retail picture. Walmart keeps growing because the poor people in society are becoming more numerous. While retailers like JCPenney and Sears are on the verge of bankruptcy. And I know many men that usually go to Sears to buy dress shirts for work, And they've all cut back because they are afraid of losing their jobs or have basically lost them already. Most women are doing jobs that are not vital to the economy. And one day when the consumer economy falls apart, they will be the ones experiencing the majority of the job losses. And if the government has to cut back government jobs, then women will also bear the brunt of those job losses. And because women make up the majority of voters, politicians will do whatever they can to avoid that scenario from playing out because it means that they, too, will lose their jobs. So my prediction is that if the economy gets worse, then the government will continue to give out more and more goodies to women. And I think this will happen right up to the point where the government collapses. At that point, women may lose all of their entitlements, and will have no choice but to rely on men instead of relying on a non-existent government service system. But up until that happens, I predict that the government will take more and more from men and give it to women to stay in power. Another thing you bring up, Mason, is the idea that women control family get-togethers. The women that were there in my life in the past really all seemed to enjoy planning family gatherings and social outings, but their male partners weren't allowed to set up social gatherings for some reason. This is an interesting observation that you have, because more often than not, if outings with family and friends, because more often than not, the outings with family and friends were usually not my choice, I too was told when and where those were going to happen. I would often be told that we were meeting up on such-and-such date, and there was no real way for me to get out of it. I didn't really know what was going on in many cases with regards to social dynamics because of the number of women. All of it seemed rather strange, and like some kind of battle between women for pecking order and attention. That's typically what I saw. It was always about who cooked better, who was dressed better, or who had a cleaner home. Can you really blame me for trying to get away from this very petty behavior? Mason, you also talk about the idea that men go unappreciated in relationships, and that leads men to bail out on them. This sense of being unappreciated ultimately led me to the end of two long-term relationships that I had. And in the end, I ended up feeling abused by these women because of it. Not physically or mentally abused in a traditional sense, but by not acknowledging the contributions of your partner, you were neglecting them, which is also a form of abuse. I needed to know that my contributions meant something, and I always wanted to work with a partner in terms of a partnership, instead of them just ignoring me while I did most of the work. Mason, you also seem to mention that women seem to bring up the idea of the gross, creepy guy hitting on them. But if he was an attractive, creepy guy, then they would probably respond differently. What they are saying is they don't want guys to hit on them unless they're attractive. And when I was in high school, I would have girls tell me that I should be hitting on specific other girls because they would feel good about it, and I would bring up their emotional state. And they would point to me, the fat and unattractive women, because I'm sure if I hit on one of them and started dating them, then the attractive woman would tell those women that it was their idea, and the less attractive women would then owe them a favor. And I, of course, would also owe the attractive woman a favor as well. The attractive and popular girls would typically gain more social power by simply manipulating those people around them. What is a creepy guy, and why should he stop hitting on a woman? I feel that women see these unattractive creepy guys as guys that are beneath them. When a guy that's a 5 or a 6 hits on a woman that's basically an 8 or a 9, it lowers her self-esteem, because maybe subconsciously it triggers something in her mind where she might not think that she's attractive as she really is. And if she's a narcissist, then she will typically want to experience a narcissistic rage. But if she's out in a public place, she has to keep the veil of normality and sanity on her face. So you can see the dilemma in this case. Imagine if 10 unattractive guys hit on the same girl in the course of a week, and she's an attractive woman. Imagine what that would do to her self-esteem. She might look in the mirror and say, what happened to me? Am I no longer attractive enough to get the hot guys to hit on me? I think that if an average guy wants to get an attractive girl, He should basically go out and try to get as many of his less attractive friends to hit on her. And in the process, that will lower her self-esteem. And then when he shows up, he'll basically look better than they did, and she might say yes. So he could get the girl after all. Then again, it could all backfire in his face, and she might end up with one of his friends. But it would be an interesting social experiment nonetheless. Looking at relationships from the outside, I see them increasingly as social experiments and nothing else. Here's a question for everyone, what hurts the female ego more, getting hit on by an unattractive man, or if they themselves hit on an attractive man and he rejects them? I think that the more so-called bad-looking guys hit on a woman basically lower her self-esteem and worth, and her ego value starts to drop. Anyways, many women want the best of both worlds. They want the social benefits provided to them by the state, while still relying on a man to make money in the capitalist economy. But today, we live in a hybrid state, and not something that can be clearly defined as either capitalism or socialism. It's become socialism for women, and capitalism for men. Men seem to function better under competition, and women seem to function better under cooperation. But only if they have men to vilify as a collective group, or if they have men to blame through the use of state-sanctioned feminism. Women tend to function poorly if they blame each other for their problems, And they can't seem to work together in that case. That's why MGTOW is going to end up working for us. Because women will have no one else to blame for their failure except themselves. Well, that does it for today's video. Tomorrow I'll show another video from the Toronto Domestic Violence Symposium. Thanks again to Mason for his question. And thank you everyone for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day and cheers.